feel like, so I've been feeling well for about a week. So it's been a while and I feel like I've got this, it, this like my thing right here, it's actually a prophetic act. Now, if that's going to be a problem, is that, yes. I may have to go with one earring, guys. Take off? Ah, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> As they say in Young, who's ever been down to Young? They say, yeah, nah. That's how they say it. That's the Aussie way. Yeah, nah. All right. Well, so I am excited to be back. And, you know, if the enemy is going to try and hold me down for six weeks then I'm sorry, that's just not going to work out so well for him. So I've got something to share today. Some of it you'll really like me for, and some of it you're going to be like, look, Deb, this is not actually my most popular moment with you. But the good news is I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to share what God's put on my heart, so that's what I'm going to do. Thank you. Tim still loves me, so I'm still married and we'll all be good. Um, That is very helpful. All right, before I start, I just want to pray, because if we are going to hear anything, we want to hear it as sons and daughters, not as orphans, because sons and daughters have promises, orphans have problems, and we don't have problems as the people of God. We can see stuff for what it is, but we actually have the promise of God that sits over the top of that. So I want to talk about some promises that he's giving us in the middle of what is going on in our current climate. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that joy is your medicine to us today. Joy is your antidote to our circumstances that might stand against the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, for every person here, I just pray you would bring blessing to every heart. Lord, that you would crack open every heart and fill it with joy, fresh joy. And, Lord, we just choose right now to look into your eyes and not at our circumstances, not at anything around us. Lord, we do want a supernatural night. And you know the cool thing is, I can't remember his name. Seamus. Hi, Seamus. Thanks for visiting us. Do you know the cool thing is, every time he comes, the joy of the Lord is stirred up in this place. And so we're just going to let him just dance in joy that he's experiencing here. And we're just going to let that flow because he actually brings a blessing to us as he's here. If he's doing anything that's going to, you know, break equipment or anything, just point that out to him. That's not a problem. He won't mind. Thanks, Seamus. Alrighty. So, what I want to share is that um, I don't need to go into all the details of the bugs that I've had. I actually think I'm done. I think, like, all the bugs that are available in this time, I think I'm good. I think I've ticked them off, yeah. I was actually recovering. I had COVID at the beginning of August. I was feeling okay for a few days, and then I was feeling not okay at all. And I'm like, wow, COVID's, like, really hanging on, isn't it? I'm thinking, this is not good. So I, like, would halve my days and still do meetings thinking I was recovering from COVID. But I didn't realise I was actually getting quite, like, a flu that can actually go to meningitis or pneumonia and all this sort of stuff. So I'm like trying to push through going, wow, this COVID really hangs on, doesn't it? And meanwhile, it was like, no, that's actually not what it is. So in the middle of all that, and look, some moments weren't quite as funny as the one I've just described, um, but um, when September clicked over, I felt like God said really clearly, it's double spring. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I think we need a double spring um, because winter felt pretty flat. And I'm not just saying that because I was unwell. I mean, the general vibe I was hearing from people is that it felt hard. 
And I don't know about you guys, so I'm going to be pretty honest right here. I'm not really here to speak a polished sermon. I'm here to be honest and share the word of God. And if that sounds like a polished sermon, then fantastic. And if it doesn't, I'm personally not offended. So, like, I actually, you know, when COVID year one hit, I was actually almost a little bit excited because pioneers, I mean, we, don't, we didn't like sickness or anything, but I liked the new opportunities that that brought. I'm like, wow, we can really take ground in a different way. I was so excited as a pioneer. Uh, year two of COVID hit and I'm like, oh, okay, we're still going. Oh, okay. Well, let's keep going then. Great, great, great. And then I don't know about you guys, but like I hit this year and I was just ready to roll. I was on fire. I was like, this is going to be great. We're just like transitioning out of stuff. And I don't know about you guys, but I actually have found this year hardest out of the three of them. And it's partly because I think we were ready to, you know, we're all ready to hop on the plane and go somewhere else. And the place that we landed was like family camp didn't happen because there were floods and then, you know, winter here and and people were getting bugs because it was almost like we were all just let out to that first year of preschool. Like if any of you have had little kids and you know when you send your kids to the first year of preschool, you're not going to spend, you're going to pay a lot of money and they're going to spend half their time at home because they've never been exposed to all these bugs before. So God is building their beautiful little immune system while they get all these bugs and you're paying really expensive fees for childcare so that they can get a healthy immune system and beat all those bugs and become stronger. So it's almost like we were all let out into our first year of preschool and it just wasn't quite as fun as I was planning. Um, And so in, in a sense, it's almost felt a little bit harder And um, and the effects of COVID globally, we're going to chat a little bit about, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but there are some things that are for us, but they are for wider, for a wider group of people. So I came into the beginning of September and God said it is double spring. Now, I like that. Um, Double portion is actually mentioned several times in the Bible. So the first time in scripture where um, the double portion is really referred to actually comes in Genesis 22 where God makes a covenant with Abraham and he says, I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your crops, which was all their livelihood. I'm going to make you wealthy because that actually is a sign of blessing and I'm going to make you a blessing to all the nations. So this is the blessing the double portion that God said from the start will be on my people. That's the mark of my blessing on my people is the double portion. Then we see throughout scripture that there is the mention of the double portion. So the good news is this. That's a long time ago. The good news is in Galatians 3.29, it says that because we are in Christ, So when we come into relationship with Jesus, we're in Christ. So everything that is in Christ is in in us, right? That's our inheritance. So double portion speaks of inheritance. It also speaks of more than enough. Everything we have in Christ is our inheritance, our more than enough. And Christ is in the line of Abraham, So if you want to go right back to Genesis 22, so that's pretty early on in the Bible, and you want to read every blessing that God has spoken over his people since Genesis 22, then you can claim that. That is actually your inheritance. So God gives us blessings and he gives us an inheritance. Now, we've also got double portion mentioned in Job. Obviously, Job pretty much, you know, that was worse than year three of COVID. You know, that was bad for Job. And then it says at the end of Job that God gave him double back for his trouble. God gave him double for his trouble. And also in Isaiah 61 verse 7, it says that we're going to receive a double portion of joy instead of the shame. So any shame that the world, any shame that anyone has put on you, any shame that the enemy has put on you, God says, I'm going to bring you a double portion of joy. If you'll trade that shame with me, here's what you're going to get in return. So the double portion is a really, really good thing. This is what we want and this is actually where we live and what is ours. 
Here's the thing. It's actually our normal. Double portion is supposed to be our normal. If God says as his people, you're going to have a double portion and we're his people, then that's our normal. That's our inheritance. Now, if I had a million dollars for you, just all of you right now, imagine. Let's, you know, let's just up that a bit. Five mil. I've got five mil for all of you. Each one of you, it's all your inheritance. Actually, I have dreamed of those things of like, we're going to suddenly have all these millions. And I was like dreaming. This is a little overshare, but I can't help myself because I told you I've been let out. So I've got a lot of words. Anyway, I imagine like people, you know, like in Oprah where you like look under the chair and you're like, because you came to I-61. Yeah. Anyway, so that was just a moment there. Imagine, imagine you're about to get five million from me. If I never told you I was going to give it to you and you never knew of it, how would you be able to enjoy that five million? If I never told you about it and you never knew about it, how would you enjoy it? If I never told you about it and you never got it, would you enjoy it? Okay. If I told you about it, if I told you about it and you didn't receive it, would you enjoy it? No. So God gives us these things. Our partnership is basically to receive. As sons, we receive so that we can give. Freely you've received, now freely give. So part of our double portion and inheritance is if we are not aware of the blessing that is ours as the people of God, we're not going to know what we're receiving. So I would encourage you to dive into that. Start at Genesis 22, work your way through it. You'll get some good info. But basically, God wants to bring us back to his normal for us. Double spring. So if that is our inheritance, our blessing and our normal, and we need to receive it, then what's our part? What's our partnership? Is to receive it. That's it. So, so we're just going to leave that, we're going to leave that moment there just for a sec. So God was saying very clearly double portion and then you were praying double portion. Everywhere I go, there's double, 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 double. And then I was at Eilish's and she said, I saw two five-leaf clovers the other day and I went, oh. So there's just like everywhere I go, someone says something like, I found two of something and I'm like, well, that doesn't surprise me at the moment. So here's into the double portion. Now, here's the bit where you may not feel as excited about me, and that's fine, is um, about a week ago, this is what happens when I get well, is I start getting woken up by God in the middle of the night again, which is, like, it is exciting, but it definitely, well, I mean, look, I'm not going to say I don't want it, because I'm not going to turn that away, but I mean, look, daytime is good with me too. So, so like, but sometimes, you know, God needs to wake us out of a state where we're not thinking about things so that he can speak to us really clearly and then it's like you know it's him. I've also had moments where I've been woken in the middle of the night by the enemy and being told stuff and I'm like, well, that doesn't feel so good and then I realise that is not God. But this was the voice of God. And I was woken and he said, disengagement has to go. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Disengagement has to go. So here's what I felt like he said from that. There are many legitimate reasons for why people have pulled back in this time. There are lots of legitimate reasons. COVID, it's a pretty legitimate reason. Um, Give me some other reasons. I actually did have about 10 in my head and they've all just slipped out. Floods, I mean, that has been a very real thing for the east side of Australia. Staying at home in your pyjamas. That may end to my next section of the talk, but that's a good one. Yes. Being fatigued, that may also be in my next section, but they are really, really good points. And so there have been legitimate things. Like, 
I wasn't pretending to be unwell. I really did have sickness and I couldn't be here. So that was a legitimate thing. But what I felt like is the enemy has used what we see as legitimate and he's taken it where we've pulled back and he's kept us there because it has felt kind of better, easier. It's, it's been easier. And so I'm going to say that again. God woke me in the middle of the night and he said disengagement has to go. I will say, I'm not thinking of specific names, I will say I do feel like that was for I-61. I also feel like that was for beyond I-61. So it's not just right now, naughty little I-61, you've got a little word from the Lord. It's actually, this is the word of the Lord for our season and for the people of God. And I have heard a lot of post-COVID people who used to be in a community and they're not anymore. And I'll talk about that in a moment. You have something to say about this. Where's the microphone? So um, as we were praying through this disengagement, something that God showed me was the disengagement is actually dissociation. So it's not just, oh, I'm not engaged, it's actually dissociation. And what that means is it's a trauma-related response where I shut out all the difficult stuff in order to cope. And um, I've seen this in the church world and I've seen it big time out in the corporate world. Right now, most of the world, and it's certainly, you know, in our sphere, are suffering what I would say is a low level of chronic PTSD. It's everywhere. But because everyone's got it and everyone's in the same boat, we don't actually realise because, you know, when we're all suffering the same thing, we all think we're all normal. (laughs) I mean, and it is normal. (laughs) So, I could get stuck there and I won't. Um, especially the first you know, six months or so of COVID traumatised the world because we, um, one of the definitions of trauma is when you are powerless against what comes against you. And we didn't know what was coming against us. We didn't know whether it was coming into our house. We didn't know whether it would be just like a cold. We didn't know whether it would kill us. Well, like, we just didn't know And that is actually a deeply traumatic thing. But because we all suffered it, we all kind of go, oh. But if one person had have suffered over the last three years what all of us had suffered, you'd say to that person, man, you have been through a lot of trauma. You probably need some healing around that. But because we all have, we just kind of go, oh, let's get on with it. But we need to ask the Holy Spirit to surface that stuff. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's the kingdom. And God hasn't given us a spirit of fear and he doesn't leave us with trauma. He doesn't leave us with trauma. He wants to heal us of that. So this, this dissociation thing, actually, it's something we do as a result of trauma, but then a spirit of the enemy can sit on that thing and actually empower us. And so when we want to engage again, we feel blocked and we can't. Yeah. And so this is something we need to deal with in terms of the healing of our heart and our soul, but it's also something that we need to deal with in spirit. Um, because I know there'll probably be some of you that are like, yeah, I've been trying to engage and I just hit this wall and I don't know what that wall is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, that's great. And so what we have here is two specific things. We have a, po- a promise of double portion. Isn't that just wonderful? And then we have disengagement has to go. And what I actually saw was there's a bridge. And our partnership with God in receiving the inheritance and the blessing is to, I believe, that there's actually some repentance needed. Now, when I say repentance needed, the old churchy language can sound like, well, now we all just need to beat ourselves till we bleed or just start saying what a dirty, rotten worm we are, whatever it is. I'm not actually talking about that. The definition of Repentance is actually to come up to God's level to see things the way that he sees it and come back into agreement with the way that he sees stuff. So the way he sees it is, guys, I've got a double portion for you right now. I can't wait for you to enjoy it. 
The truth is disengagement has become a thing and it's got to go because we're not going to be able to engage his double portion normality for us as we are disengaged. The repentance is, God, you know what? I think I might have taken part of that in somehow. That's the repentance. So I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that I know I came into agreement with this. So the truth is, I put you in like getting. (laughs) The truth is, I actually had moments where I didn't want to get better. And I believe in healing, and I believe that sickness is not from God, and I did not want to get better. And I'll tell you why I didn't want to get better, and this is a little bit hard to say in some ways. Because things are really hard pastoring a church right now. It is hard building at the moment. There is a lot of pastors leaving the ministry because it's just too hard. And you know what? I even dreamt of what our family life could be like if we didn't have to do this. I started dreaming of all this stuff and I'm like, whoa, 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 wind that back. I'm like, hang on. I don't really know if I think this is such a good way of thinking. But that's where I went for a while. I think for a day or two, I just let myself just go, ah. But so I did want to get better, but I didn't. So I was a little bit double-minded, and we all know how that works out for people. And so I actually had to repent of that because I am born for being with you guys and doing a mission together. And whether it is hard or whether it's easy, it's easy loving you. It's absolutely easy loving you all. As for building something together, that's very challenging. And now I realise why. Because disengagement has to go. And, you know, we, can't, we, we can speak the truth. We can, do, we can just do what God has asked us to do unless we get really drivey and strivey. Do you like that, drivey and strivey? Unless we get drivey and strivey, we can't actually make you all just shift and now we all have to behave and do a certain thing. It's like, you know, we just have to be obedient to the voice of God and trust and speak the way that he puts it on our heart and just trust that he's going to move us to where we need to go. That's my job. And so I repented, I re-engaged, and I basically, you know, my yes to him on this didn't really allow for no's when it gets hard. Our yes to him kind of tears up all the no's. So that was my journey and I had reasons. But I want to share some fruits of disengagement because I don't, I'm not saying we all now have to suck carpet for the next hour so then we like have, can tick off, we've repented and now we'll be fine you know, to move into the double portion. What I am saying is let's just check our hearts a bit. Let's just be real with each other. And, you know, there's actually no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If we've agreed with stuff, we've agreed with it, let's just call it and let's just move on. Um, But what I have noticed, and this is what I've observed, is, so this is, by the way, this is not just for I-61. I will be sharing with you after the 20-minute clips that we have tonight, I'll be sharing with you the role that amazingly God has opened up in regional church stuff. Um, But what I have noticed and heard from a lot of pastors in the areas, people have really checked out on mission and valuing community. So especially stuff that involves a bit extra effort. It's And also, um, you know, it matters if you show up. It does matter because we need you as part of us. And so that is something I've noticed. This is a big one. I was chatting with some girls from the HeartRev movement all around Australia on Friday afternoon. Megan was a little bit part of that. And uh, we were actually talking about how the main goal of people's lives, especially in the Western world, is comfort. And I'm not speaking about the comfort of the Lord because God says, blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. That's the comfort of the Lord. The comfort I'm talking about that most people are seeking is so you don't have to be too... So we do everything that we can not to be busy rather than worrying about whether we're being missional. 
We do everything that we can to achieve the holiday. We do everything that we can to do these things. Now, look, I love a good holiday. You know, I'll, we'll be going to Queensland. It's already booked next year. So I'm not saying I'm against holidays. I'm not against people being comfortable in their own homes and having a reclining chair. That's not a problem for me. What I am saying is if our goal or our idol is comfort, we're going to be disengaging. Because, oh my goodness, I've been reading the Gospels at the moment and I've been reading the chronological Gospels. So sometimes you get like the same um, part of the Gospels three times because sometimes they're in Matthew, Mark and Luke. And um, Jesus is so blunt, guys. He, he's blunt. So his response to someone wanting to follow him was they said, look, do you mind if I just go bury my father first? And Jesus goes, well, let the dead bury their own dead. Follow me. It's like, oh, that, that's pretty blunt. Um, and then um, people were talking, there's a bit where we're talking about the cost of being a disciple. And you have to understand in context, he's trying to give a message through that. He's not going, I don't care about the fact that your father died because he actually raises many people from the dead and he cares very much and he's often weeping about these things. But what he's saying is, you've got to follow me and it's actually going to cost you everything. When um, they say, um, I want to follow you, and he goes, well, you're going to have to hate your brothers and your mothers and your sisters. And so if you, if you love them, you don't love me. If you hate them, you love me. It's like, okay, that's also very kind of full on. But what he's saying there is, I need to be your first love. Okay, so he's, he's pretty, like, straightforward about it. But I've found that the goal of a lot of people's lives is comfort. So we've got people checking out on mission, people checking out on valuing community. We've got people um, who just want to be comfortable. And like, I get it. I really do. And so what I heard, I was actually out mopping the deck. So those who have been to my house, you can picture me mopping the deck. God often speaks to me when I'm cleaning. That's why my house is kind of nice and clean. And, um, and I, I have heard of a lot of people, and this is not just about I-61, is saying, you know, in this season, I've just really felt to pull back from church. But I'm having great times with the Lord. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, it's better than having terrible times with the Lord. Or it's better than having no times with the Lord. But anyway, I'm out mopping the deck. And God says, I said, seek my kingdom first. Like, yes, he does say, love the Lord your God with all your heart. He does, it does say, seek the Lord and you'll find him. But he says, seek my kingdom first and all these things will be added to you. And I'm like, wow, that's so true. So I feel like that's another fruit of disengagement. It's easy to go, oh, but I'm still working, walking with the Lord. Another fruit for me that I have seen and heard is it's just too hard. Like, it's just too hard. It's too hard. I can't, I won't, I can't, I won't. It's too hard, anything like that. Is any of this ringing a bell with anyone from anyone that you've talked with at any time? Okay, good. Just checking. Hun, can you come up and share your very quick blurb on pastoral versus apostolic? Uh, you can. Sorry, while you're coming... Uh, while you're coming up, let me just confirm as well, like Calais was saying, it's easier to be in your pyjamas. Who loves a day in their pyjamas? Yeah, pyjama days. And um, what were you saying? Oh, you just feel fatigued. There's just like this blur that's come over people. And actually, I remember, Liam, you and I were talking about when like there'd been so many lockdowns and you were going out to some social things and we were talking about how it's actually really tiring to go out and be with people again. Because we've become used to kind of being at home and just doing our own thing. I was like, oh, well, I love a party, but, man, I'm exhausted. So there's this thing where it's like we've got to readjust. And it's, it's you know, it has, it's, it is a trauma blanket that actually has sat on us. And then we've got Netflix and social media to just anaesthetise us into oblivion. And that's part of the challenge right now is the world out there is trying to anaesthetise us. And we're kind of going, yeah, that'd be really nice. Mm. <laughs> that, and that's where it gets agreement in us. So when we're trying to push through that wall, um, we often struggle to push through the wall because we're actually 
we have agreement and alignment with the wall. Anyway, that wasn't what you asked me to talk about. So, um, so what Deb said was talk about the difference between a pastoral paradigm and an apostolic paradigm. So a paradigm is a lens through which you see the world. And now, whether you know it or not, you all have, it's like a pair of glasses, and everything you see, you see through the tint of those glasses. Um, most of, um, at least the, the Western world church that you would know and understand, and most of the churches that, that we, many of us have been a part of, are a pastoral paradigm. And that is, you know, you're called the senior pastor, interestingly enough. And the job is to care for the sheep and look after the sheep and to do, you know, to practice your spirituality in a, um, you know, in an environment that welcomes you and helps you to grow and helps you to learn. Now, they're all good things because pastor is one of the fivefold gifts of, of, fivefold gifts of Christ that actually govern the church. Mm. Um, but when someone with a pastoral anointing leads an environment, it puts a ceiling on it because... The pastoral priorities, which is to care for the people, are actually not the highest priorities that God says. So in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. And then he goes, and then workers of miracles and rule. And what we have taken is what's most comfortable for us, because the pastor looks after and comforts us. We've taken that and made that the highest priority of the environment. And there's that that connection with comfort again. An apostolic environment is one that where we understand that we are sent ones. Mm. So the word apostle actually wasn't, um, Jesus used the word, but it, it didn't have its origin in Jewish culture. He borrowed it from Roman culture. And an apostle was a military general that would go into a conquered land. So you've heard of the saying, when in Rome do as the Romans do? So Romans would go in, they would occupy a territory, and then they would turn that place into a culture that looked like Rome. So the general, who was called an apostle, was a sent one. He was sent out by the emperor to go into a new culture and set that place up so that the culture of this place that they had conquered now looked like the culture of Rome. Does this sound at all like on earth as it is in heaven? So the job of the... And so when Jesus called what we first called the disciples, but he designated them apostles... He, he basically said to them, see that thing in our culture there, in your culture there, in Roman culture. To me, you are that. You are the ones who I am sending out to make the culture of the place where you go look like the culture of heaven. Key difference in a pastoral paradigm. We look after each other. We care for each other. Hopefully we do that well. And they, they, this doesn't mean these are not priorities. They are. They're just not the highest. We care for each other in an apostolic environment. We are here as a group of sent people that are sent out to shift the culture and the atmosphere around us so that it looks like heaven. Mm. Pastoring is about comfort, about care, and even about growth. Um, but if they're the only priorities of the environment, it's the spiritual equivalent of a book club. Sorry, I know that's a little harsh, but it's the spiritual equivalent of a book club. You get together, you read a book, you talk about it, you enjoy it, you, you learn, you grow, and if someone's going through a hard time, you support them. You can do that in a book club. An apostolic environment is where we are, understand that we are sent to change the whole culture around us and bring the atmosphere of heaven and see it released out there. Yeah. I have much more to say about yes, this. Yes, that is a whole There are many whole messages within this which we're trying to be disciplined about. So if we were just a pastoral paradigm, we could just go, yeah, it's been hard. And yeah, look, you know, some people just can't come anymore because it's too hard. And we just settle and just go, oh, well, let's just hug the ones that are left and hope for the best. But, you know, I believe that as sons and daughters, we actually have a mission to do together. So that is why we will build a bridge from disengagement back to the double portion, which is our normal, and we're going to get back into that place so that we can just call it out and just go, you know what, it's true, it's there. And it's actually sitting over, I believe it's sitting over Sydney. I actually think it's kind of, look, I don't mean to speak too big, but it's kind of global. It is. And so we need to realise it's there and just when it presses in on us again. 
So um, I was reminded of King Hezekiah. Does anyone know about King Hezekiah? Has anyone ever heard of him? Awesome. Hez, we love Hez. So he was, if you read in um, 2 Kings and in the Chronicles, all the kings of Israel and Judah that um, were brought about, and of course we know about King David, he was amazing and he really just brought the whole people of God to worship God, to honour God, to live for God, to just do everything for God. And then the line of kings got pretty like over here somewhere and all of a sudden there was a people like doing weird stuff in the temple instead of even worshipping God and it, things got really wayward but then there was King Hezekiah and it actually says that he loved God and he sought the goodness of God and honouring God and he brought the whole people back and he said guys we've gone off track he said we need to reconsecrate ourselves so I was feeling like before we get into soup which obviously is also important, um, that we just need to have a moment of just some repentance and just recognising where we've agreed with stuff. Uh, There's one more thing which I think I need to call out overtly and I think the church-wide has done this. Because COVID was a pandemic, um, so like, you know, obviously Christianity and sickness is generally two separate things, right? Now, because we had a pandemic, there were a lot of things by law and restrictions that we had to do to, you know, obviously protect people from getting sick. There was a level of agreement that I believe the church has made with COVID restrictions, sickness, that it's almost like Sometimes you'd have more faith praying for people with cancer than praying for someone with COVID right now because, oh, well, it's COVID, you know. So do, does that make any sense at all? It's almost like we switch our faith brains off, our switch our faith hearts off because it's COVID. But actually, it's just sickness and it's not from God. And we don't have to wear masks anymore if we don't want to, Okay. We've also had to walk the road of not judging people who want to, the vax, the non-vax, all that kind of stuff. Like it really brought to the surface a lot of stuff in the church. But it actually, like some people do not go to church anymore because some people didn't get vaccinated. That is the fruit of disengagement. It's also a fruit of judgment and a whole lot of other stuff and fear. So let's, let's just ask the Holy Spirit just to show us And, you know, I actually, um, I'm going to ask if anyone wants to be brave to actually, you know, I can't remember, Tim is my concordance, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. James 5.16, thank you. Um, There is actually healing that happens when we confess our sins to one another as well as to him. So that is why we do this stuff. So let's just invite Holy Spirit Let's just say, God, what are you speaking to us about in this? Lord, we actually really want the inheritance and the normal that you have for us as your children. We want the double spring. We want the double portion. We want all of your inheritance. We don't want to miss out on any of it. Lord, we also know in this season that some of us have just pulled back because it's been easier. Some of us have pulled back because we felt like we've had enough on our plate. And Holy Spirit, would you just speak to any of us now where we need to confess to one another, confess to you, so that we may be healed and our agreement may be broken with disengagement. So, Lord, I just want to, although I've done this with you, Lord, I just want to repent in front of my family that I didn't want to get well because it felt easier. I didn't want to get well because I didn't want to have to come back to the mission because sometimes it feels hard. And, Lord, I just thank you for your grace and your blood over that. And I just thank you that you actually haven't called me to do this mission in my own strength anyway. Yeah.
the Lord. Does anyone else have anything on their heart? Do you want to say something? Just about that dissociation. I just want to pray for us for a moment that okay. Jesus would shine the light on that and then mm. I just want to lead us through breaking agreement with that thing. So yeah. Jesus, I just ask right now because we know that this is dissociation comes about because of trauma and so there's no condemnation for this you've been traumatized but Jesus is the expert at healing trauma that's what he came to do he came to heal the brokenhearted so father I just ask that you would lovingly shine the light mm. where we have agreed out of pain and trauma and fear with with that dissociation where we just shut stuff out and just go I'm not going to deal with that I'm not going to face that I'm going to check out. I'm going to zone out. And Father, we just acknowledge anywhere where we have agreed with that. God, where, where what was happening outside of us and around us kind of got the better of us. And we came into agreement with something that wasn't you whether whether we came into agreement with fear or whether we just went it's just too yeah we, we got to that point and just went oh, it's all too much i'm just going to shut that out god where we where we protected ourselves rather than relied on you being our protector and our defender So, Father, we just bring that to the cross now and with it that whole structure of self-protection, dissociation, disengagement. And, Father, we lay it there knowing that you surround us, that you protect us, that you cover us, that you hide us in the shadow of your wings. Father, we let that go. And God, we invite your Holy Spirit to come and empower us to walk into stuff rather than check out from it. To empower us in the middle of it. Just like you didn't rescue Daniel from the lion's dead, you empowered him in the middle of it. Mm. You didn't rescue Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego from the fire. You empowered them in the middle of the fire. And God, we just ask that you would come and you would empower us. You would fill us with boldness in the middle of it that we would face into the pain, the trauma. We just invite your healing power mm. to come and to touch those places in our heart where we were fearful and powerless. We call on you and say you are our rock, you are our defender, mm. you are our healer in Jesus' name. Does anyone else, like if you feel like you just want to get out there and break agreement with something. Let's just do that. Hello. Um, so I realised that my family situation has probably been a legitimate reason that I haven't fought hard enough to get past, mainly especially with hubs. Mm. And so, whilst I could give my legitimate reasons three names, um, I fight a lot harder to get to church than I do to get to hubs and that isn't the connection that I want and that isn't the example that I want to set for my kids. Mm. And so, I, I repent of leaning into those legitimate reasons and not fighting back mm. to make it. Yeah. Yeah, Lord, we just play blessing over Kate. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you for such a courageous warrior. And Lord, would you strengthen her from the inside out? Just fill her with your strength so that she will always move forward in your name. Um, I probably have so many reasons for pulling back um, through COVID and my mum dying and so many things happening in my world, but I did lean into comfort and it felt better. But also what it did was it turned off my heart 
It turned off my prophetic voice, particularly for you guys, for this family. And it turned off a whole lot of stuff in my world and shut me down as a person. So I just want to repent of leaning into that comfort of the world instead of turning to my Lord and my Saviour, who is the ultimate comforter. And I also repent to God, even though I've done that already, but I repent to you, Lord Jesus, to not turning to you for comfort and not keeping you as number one, even in the midst of hard stuff. that the whole year has just been hiding and pulling away from pulling away from everything including physiotherapy tennis uh, going out um, and a whole lot of stuff and um, also we're supposed to go to America and I got so scared of going to America that I actually pulled back majorly on that and I don't know anything about what's going to happen in the next three weeks because I've been hiding from it and pulling it back and I would like to, I just want to repent for agreeing with all these things throughout the year and going to going into my room and not really coming out and I just repent of all of that Amen. Yeah. Yeah. and would you bless Kiara with courage and strength Just repent. I'm a bit cranky with Tim for using a particular word, but that's Sorry, okay. Can you say that again? I I'm a bit cranky. <laughs> I repent that I'm a bit cranky oh. with Tim for using a particular word. I'm a lifelong dissociator. I've had a love-hate relationship with dissociation my whole life. And I think the whole COVID thing has triggered that in me. So something where I was quite strong in choosing not to. And I think um, the lead up to COVID and the stress of moving interstate for the second time in like three or four years. I don't can't quite remember exactly how long we had moved, but I think that um, all of those stresses and then moving, hitting, hitting COVID, and then I love my husband, but 24-7 gets a bit much. 24-7 <laughs> with my hubby and the family is just intense for me. We are an intense family and dissociation was easier. So can you just say, I just repent for my... I am guilty. I am sorry and I don't agree with it any longer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Anyone else? Jump up now or soup will be cooking. I just want to make an observation with no condemnation whatsoever, everyone who's got up so far is female, and us guys are chronic, chronic, chronic dissociators. So, guys. That's okay. Yeah, Lord, if there's anyone else that just feels they need to speak out right now just to break something, yeah, Lord, would you just make it clear to them? No condemnation. Freedom and double portion coming their way. entire time I've been coming to this church I've been keeping up faces, coming to all the sermons going to hubs but I haven't been putting 100% energy I haven't been pushing myself to do as much as I can, I've been getting up, I've been interacting but never had my full heart and soul into it 
I've just been. Oh, that was the term someone disengaged. Yeah, disengaged. I've been mm. around. I've been in the moment, but I haven't been here. So I just, I repent. I want to. I want to put everything into this place, and I want to be a full-blooded member of this church. Thanks, Josh. Bless him, Lord. One of the fruits of disengagement is passivity. Let me just put that out there and leave that out there for a second. One of the fruits of disengagement is passivity. That's actually dissociation. Yeah, okay, so I'll confess to distraction. I'll try to explain this. It's as a result, it's like secondary trauma from caring for others with trauma at this point and becoming so distracted in that role. So Mm. I'll I'll repent of that and look for a new normal. Not stop caring for those in practical ways, but uh, do that while still engaging myself. This is very brave. Sorry, I've got microphone confusion. It's a double portion. That's right. Does anyone else just feel that they want to break their agreement with something and then I just want to do something corporately before we finish? Notice... It's not when things are easy that we want to disengage. Notice it's when it's hard. So the one, I've got a lot, but the one that's really shining a spotlight on at the moment is my, um, I get busy, so I like to kind of disengage through being busy and doing things. So, um, yeah, so I'll fill spaces and that's just a way of kind of avoiding actually connecting with people. So I just need to repent and say I'm sorry for that and I need to stop doing things and just connect. So I come connect. and look Katie in the eye <laughs> and connect with her. She is a woman of incredible capacity. Um, she's also someone of a lot of depth, so make sure you get time to get to know her. Is there anyone else? Kelly. Um, I disengage in Netflix, right? There's nothing on Netflix that I haven't watched. So that's my biggest issue. Um, I fill every space I have mm. with something. I cook and watch Netflix at the same time, or I do whatever I do, and do you know what I mean? Mm. And I'm tired of um, living other people's lives. I want to live my life to the full, because I think my life would be so much better than theirs. Yeah. <laughs> Escapism. She's a firecracker, this one. <laughs> And I'll tell you as well, like sometimes I can get onto a show like Netflix or something and I can just want to keep watching it. And where's oh, Nathan? Sorry. Um, and something I said to Nathan is, you know, if we're at home and we don't have anything else that we're doing that night, I said, we're still, we can still watch TV. I don't, have, I don't think we shouldn't watch TV. But I said, what we're going to do first is we're going to put worship on. And we've had nights where we're worshipping and I'm going to say this because you amaze me. My beautiful son is just sitting in there with arms high, just worshipping Jesus. And there are nights when he says to me, we don't even have to watch TV, mum. And so it's not that we're not going to watch TV and chill and relax, but it's actually we're going to spend some time with him first. And we'll do it until we don't. Is there anyone else before I pray? You have, like, you're stunning Okay, there are two things we're going to do that I'm going to pray. Um, and <laughs> it's going to roll off. And yeah. Um, so first of all, I want to just minister to your heart. And God just wants to draw the trauma out and draw it to the cross. 
because he's already paid for it. So if you would like that, please stand. You know, the, you can assume the position if you want to, hand on heart. So I'm not just talking about you personally being traumatised. I'm talking about us being aware that there's actually kind of a, a territorial city, nation thing as well. So yeah, Jesus, I pray for every single person here. And in the spirit, I just put my hand on everyone's head. And I just say, in Jesus' name, we just draw all the trauma out of people's spine, out of their immune system, out of their organs, out of their bones, out of their blood, out of their emotions, out of their thinking and out of their will that chooses you and does not choose you. Lord, I just draw all that trauma out and we just draw it to the cross where you paid for everything. You paid for that trauma. And so, Lord, draw it out every single bit all the way, Lord. Just keep drawing it out until there is a lifting of the heaviness. Just take a second there. And if you can feel that, just put your own hand on your head and say, Jesus, draw that trauma to the cross. Just put your hand on your own head and just keep saying it. If you get headaches a lot, pray this. It's trauma. If you get a lot of inflammation, pray the trauma out. Draw it to the cross in Jesus' name where your blood has paid for it all. Mm, Lord, I just declare blood transfusions over everyone, Lord, that the blood of Christ is what will flow through our veins as your sons and your daughters. Hey, every bit of trauma. Trauma is not from you, Lord. And every trauma of the enemy that is attached to that trauma, I just pray you would lift that off now in Jesus' name. Can I actually lead you to pray that out loud? Okay, so in Jesus' name, everything of the enemy that has come against me in trauma, I say you must leave me. You go to the foot of the cross, never to return or send anything else. I am a child of God and I will not carry trauma. Amazing. All right. Now we're going to break our corporate agreement with disengagement. Oh, you can say amazing. Yeah, sorry. I didn't realise you were still repeating me. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, it is amazing because it's gone to the cross, right? Okay, in Jesus' name, you can say this bit. In Jesus' name, I come against disengagement in the air, disengagement within me, and disengagement within I-61. We declare that season is over. We have repented, you have cleansed us, and you say you set us free. So we walk over the bridge and we take the double portion. We put our hands out and we receive it. We want all of it, Lord, every bit. And I pray for every person. I'm, I'm just praying now. I pray for every person, Lord. I just pray that night and day that they would become aware of your double portion. Lord, I pray for an increase of prophetic dreams. I pray for an increase of like financial miracles. I pray for an increase of tangible double portion signs in every person's life. And I declare that you will prosper because you are the people of God. And I declare over I-61 that you will prosper, I-61, that you will receive the double portion, that instead of shame, there will be a double portion of joy. And so, Lord, I declare that I-61 will be marked by joy and marked by blessing and marked by more than enough. And I pull everyone back in and I say, let's do this together in Jesus' name. All right, awesome. As we go, there's... That's my more thing, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm just trying to pack it in. Okay, remnant, really quickly. God said to me at the beginning, three years ago, there will be a remnant from this. If you look at every time in scripture when there is a hard time, a remnant rises up. What is a remnant? It's, well, it's, no, it's actually a part of. It's a part of. 
So what I want to tell you is this. Now, I, we don't count numbers in our church. I don't know how many people we had. I don't know how many people we have. I'm not checking the role. What I am going to say to you is, Tim went to a farewell of a pastor up at, um, in Newcastle last weekend and they have lost two-thirds of their people. Every pastor he spoke to, they've lost a third or a half of their people. So that is sad and I grieve for the body of Christ. But, and I'm not the only person that said this, if there's going to be a remnant, what does that mean? It means it might look a bit smaller for a bit. Does that mean we look around in the natural and go, well, it's smaller now, I guess we're going down the hill and off we go. No, we go, it's a remnant. You know what? And God is simplifying, he's purifying, which is what he's been doing today, and he will intensify. So I want to declare over us that God is intensifying his mission and I want to declare over you that you are going to be so blessed to be part of the remnant in Jesus' name. Amen. I am done. Thank you so much. Katie is now going to do what Katie does and Katie's not here. So there will be soup. In the meantime, there's a couple of cheese platters, so head out there and wait for Katie's instructions. After we've eaten soup, which will be fairly quick, we're going to come back in here. We're going to watch a 20-minute clip on something that is going to blow your mind. Okay, enjoy cheese. Cheese.